Welcome to episode 24, the Kobe Bryant episode of the Moving the Chains podcast. This is Reek. I'm here with my co-host, Jake. Dane is not here with us today, but he will be back soon. I, I, we actually don't know what happened, but... We, I mean, we hope. We hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but... Yeah. yeah it's, it's, no, it's no big deal, but Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to roll. You know, I had a... Had a couple issues medically, you know, a couple weeks ago and wasn't able to record. And then we had, you know, this whole sports virus sports just disappeared for us. And uh, it's been it's been pretty tricky times, a lot of work going on. So pretty busy, but uh, I'm ready ready to roll. You know, it's crazy because I used to sit and think about like what it would feel like if sports was gone and now that it's gone i hate it i I don't want to feel like that see i always thought that too you know people are always be like jake are you addicted to sports like do you think you could live without sports and i'm thinking like in my head no but i'm like yeah you know i I could i got video games it's impossible man i can't do it it's my life no matter what i would kill to watch golf right now i would pay great money to watch a golf match i really would and with the stay-at-home order, it's like you can't, you can only play video games and stuff so much. Like, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not fun, man. It's not fun. But I am grateful that the one sport that said the show must go on was the NFL. Because, me too. Of course, this is an what NFL podcast. We, what would we have done without this last week of like all this NFL action, like all this free agent and trade action? It kept like, me alive. That's for it sure. Did. I was in a dark spot for sure. I was yeah. no sports, no public gatherings, no nothing, man. I was still working. I would have been pretty miserable if there was no free agency. I mean, I am kind of miserable anyway because Jimmy Graham is now on my team for a pretty good amount of money. But hey, you know, at least let's let's get something. into that. Let's get into some of the moves, some of the really surprising moves. Um, I, I think the best place to start would be the the uh, oh yeah, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins trade. That makes no sense. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, like, in, you know, in you a can way, look at a couple sides of it, but it makes no sense. Really in a way, it, it 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 makes sense only because the relationship was tarnished. But yeah, no, yes. the compensation he got yes. for him, yes, exactly. Well, I, like that unique. I'm not saying you need a GM, but O'Brien you is not the guy. Now. O'Brien is not the guy to run personnel. Like he's not. You know what's interesting is Houston has never really had that like strong, I guess, leadership role in the front office. You know, you had. I'm not sure. I believe it was the owner. He made the you know the comment about you know his players being prisoners and letting them run the yard, and you know yeah. had a bunch of players come out saying he's racist. And now you have Bill O'Brien, you know, allegedly commenting on DeAndre Hopkins' status with his baby mamas and his personal life and what he does, and you know questioning him as a man. Whether that was true or not, we don't really know. DeAndre Hopkins kind of dismissed it as nothing, but 
I kind of feel on the side of him just not wanting to get that out in public and him wanting to take, you know, the high route here. But I think something's definitely going on there because that's, I don't know. And you see, I don't know if you saw this, there was a report that a couple free agents, uh, their names weren't disclosed for obvious reasons, wanted to go to Houston. You know, they were close to signing to Houston until Houston players called them and contacted them and said, do not come to Houston because oh, of the way this organization is run and the way it's currently going. And I mean, it, it's not, it's not good for sure. I mean, it, it was weird is how much things can change in a heartbeat. You have the Texans who come off this incredible, incredible comeback versus the bills in a phenomenal playoff game that we saw a couple months ago. Yep. And then, here they are. Deshaun Watson is the only guy that's really, you know, I guess a leader on that team, if you would. I mean, I'd say Hopkins was a leader, but you don't really have any like guys like that. And now you have guys jumping ship. You're trading away your perennial, you know, receiver. It's just it's just not really making much sense to me. And you know, I don't understand how you get rid of Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins, and you don't recoup any first rounders for that. So that Houston. Is- it's absurd. We got a problem. It's a, it's absurd. Um, it really is. Yeah. And uh, on on top of that, like, I don't know, man. Like, what? Like, I you did. I don't know if you've seen Deshaun Watson's uh, his cryptic uh, little tweet that he made. Uh, it was it was like Drake lyrics or whatever. But then yeah, somebody yeah. had had quoted it with a little meme of uh, Bill Belichick pretending he was talking on the phone and was like, yeah, we wouldn't do you like that over there. And he liked that tweet. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, my that. God, like, please don't let this happen in 2021 or even this yep. year. I doubt it happens. But at the same time, it's, it's something to keep your eye on at, at the very least. For sure. <laughs> because you want to say you want to say, well. O'Brien isn't that dumb. And then you look at the moves that he's made and it's like, well, but is there's always like, that possibility. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what his direction is and what he's going to do. I know he's going to take a receiver in the first round. Or not, not he doesn't have a first rounder. Uh, he's going to take a wide receiver in the second round and there's going to put out solid production because that's one of O'Brien's strengths, I feel like, is – the wide receiver position. I think he gets the best out of that. But he does. As far yeah, as, I'll like, give him credit for that. I don't think he can run a team though. Like no, I think, definitely I think, not. I think he's a solid X's and O's guy for sure. But for for him to run personnel and and be like controlling the entire team, I don't think that's in his best interest. This is probably his last year if they don't, you know, if they are successful this year. I, th- I feel like he's out of there. You have to fire him at that point. You really do, because, I mean, it's just not really making sense. Like, what is he? Okay, so let's be real. He was always kind of on the invisible hot seat, if you would, because of his playoff reputation of blowing He's been like that for like choking. four years. Exactly. And now he does it. He, he, he changes course. Yeah. And he wins the game in the first round. Congratulations. But then you go out and have what, a 24 nothing lead versus Kansas City and get the 40, 41 unanswered. I mean, that's like I know that's not really like I know it's Mahomes, but at the same yeah, time, it's like yeah. you you couldn't stop that even you couldn't stop the bleeding at least a little bit. You had three quarters to stop the bleeding, and you couldn't even like it wasn't even close. It's like you guys just got overwhelmed after you guys went up into that big lead. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what 
what's going on with him, but he's not, I don't think he's the, the coach for them. I don't think he's the GM for them, especially after seeing what he does. And, you know, his reputation is um, slowly going South for sure. Cause you know, you hear a lot of players come out and, you know, speak out on him and what he's done and, you know, the comments of DeAndre Hopkins yeah. situation lately. It's just, it's kind of ugly. Well, I guess it's time to get into some of the other signings and, and big news. Uh, I guess we could talk about – well, there's not really anything to talk about with Brady. I mean, we I, – I knew he was leaving. I predicted he would go to the Titans. Yeah, I was yeah. wrong in that regard, but I knew he was leaving. I still uh, can't believe it. I know I sat here a couple – the last time we recorded, and I said, I just don't see him leaving. But it, it finally hit me. He's not a, a New England Patriot. The sun is shining. The world is bright. You know, good things are <laughs> happening. I don't know if you remember, but sometime last during the season when we were doing our predictions, I said next year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win the NFC South. I don't know uh, if you remember that. I definitely sure. said I could go find it. It was somewhere in the middle of the season. I said Tampa Bay is going to win the NFC South next year. Hmm. I don't recall that, but I'm sure you did, but I'm, I just don't recall. I'm just saying, man. It, when when it happens, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have that screen record ready. I don't care if I have to go back a year and a half. I'm I'm gonna go find it, and I'm gonna let the world know that I seen this coming a year and a half ago. It didn't matter who was that quarterback. I never said Jameis Winston would leave lead him there. I said they would just win flat out. We'll That's see true. though. That's, That's an true. interesting division when you really think about it. I mean, the Saints are always gonna be contending to win the NFC South. Falcons should be considerably better than they were. Uh, I don't really believe much in the Panthers, but that's just me. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is is, is an okay quarterback, an okay fill-in quarterback, but to give him, like, this starting quarterback money and he can't throw the ball down the field and you got a bunch of receivers that can literally go deep and you can't get the ball to him, it's, it's, it's going to be a disaster. Like, they might win three games at most. <laughs> yeah, it might, it might be pretty ugly for sure. I, I don't understand why Robbie, Robbie Anderson decided to just go there. I mean, I don't know what the Jets were offering him, but I don't know, man. I, money does talk. I get it. But at the same time, I, I don't think that's a that's a fit. Um, I think also that would make one of the – I mean, you can always keep three starting wide receivers in, in, in DJ Moore – uh, Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, but one of them has to be expendable now. I would say it would be Samuel. I mean, you drafted DJ Moore in the first round. You can't, you can't just get rid of him. No, of course not. You can't give up on him. I mean, he's only in his third year, so. And he's, I mean, both. I mean, Curtis Samuel and David and and DJ Moore. I feel like Curtis Samuel has been underused in Carolina for sure. I think he can go to another team. I would love Philly to go and make a move and try to see if they can get him for whatever the compensation is. I don't think it would be a first or a second rounder to get him, but hey, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Let's see what other moves happen. Oh, your Bears. Your oh, Bears. God. Nick Foles traded to the Bears for a fourth round pick when they could have just waited for Cam Newton to get released and just pick him up for $20 million. Crazy how the world works. <sighs> yeah, it's. Uh... It's not fun, man. It's not fun. I mean, I, I understand I understand where they're coming from in getting competition for Mitch and trying to push him to be better and kind of like basically saying, hey, like, we got this guy waiting if you don't step up. And, you know, that is a motivating factor because obviously, A, your reputation's on the line, B, your career's on the line, and C, money's on the line. So those are all motivating factors to become 
the best you can be. Um, but I just don't like this choice. I think Andy Dalton would have been a better choice than Nick Foles at this point in his yeah. career, um, especially with Nick Foles trending downward. And Andy Dalton having a very serviceable season, given his situation with no offensive line, no run production. I mean, no receivers, really, besides Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green was out for most of the year. Um, I think he had a way better season in the the past two seasons than Nick Foles because Nick Foles was obviously hurt. But that's even another reason the Bears shouldn't have signed him. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Foles didn't have... Foles has had a better last two seasons than Andy Dalton has. Foles, Foles two seasons ago, he beat the Bears. That that doesn't mean anything. That was one game. I mean, what yeah, he mean? won a playoff game. Down the like, stretch. That, that doesn't mean much. Down the game, stretch, he went 5-0 in 20, 2019. Did you see the schedule you guys faced? No, I'm not talking about last season. You're talking you, about 2018. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, did we he beat, really like? We, did he? Did, we beat did he do the Texans. Crazy, though? We beat the Texans in a shootout against Deshaun Watson. We had no business winning that game. I don't care. We had was that no week business. Week fifteen. Uh, week fifteen or sixteen. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. We beat we beat the Rams, which had one of the best records in the league that year, at that time. Was we that went, in? That was in L.A., right? It was in L.A. on Sunday night. Went and beat them. I uh, that game. I know we beat Washington twice. Like that was expected. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, who's not going to be Washington? Uh, I think that was. Yeah, it was the last four games. It was the last four, and then we beat Chicago. And but then did we Andy all... Dalton played bad. I mean, in those years. I mean, I mean, the, I mean Nick Foles yeah, played okay. Yeah, he played good. You know, but he played pretty solid. I mean, Andy Dalton's been pretty pretty damn solid QB for the past five years. I know he does. He gets a lot of you know. He's serviceable. A lot of I, shit. I, th- I think he's serviceable. He's, he's pretty good. I mean, he's yeah. not great. He's not elite. He, I think he was elite for a year or two. If you look at his statistics, when, you know, A.J. Green and him were firing all cylinders and Tyler Eifert was, you know, a force. But everything has to be perfect for, for Andy Dalton, I feel like. I, I feel like it's the same with, with Nick Foles. Yeah. Everything has to be set and perfect. And I, think, I can see that's why they maybe brought him in because yeah. everything is set and perfect for him in Chicago for him D, to come in and with you know, Filippo, with DeFilippo, uh, Matt Nagy, and you got uh, Bill Lazor. I mean, yeah. those are all guys that Foles has worked under before. So and I mean, all I, of his I, best I seasons come under those guys. Like yeah. his best season was under DeFilippo. Yeah, you know, his twenty-seven-two season or twenty-seven touchdown, two interception season. I'm pretty sure that was under. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was under Bill Lazor as well. And, you know, he has familiarity with Nagy in Kansas City. So, I mean, I get it. Like, you get your guy, but for a fourth-round pick when there's much more serviceable options and the glamorous option, um, whether it be Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, you got to take a shot on those, man. Like, this defense isn't going to get any younger. This is a top-three defense. You just added Robert Quinn. You know, you're adding some, you know, some depth pieces on this on the defense. Like, this is the time to act now. Um, That's why I feel like Cam. I don't know what they're doing. Per- Cam would have been a perfect fit for you guys. <sighs> we know I why they didn't take that. him. We won't. We won't say. But we know why they didn't go. Yeah, him. it's unfortunate, we, but it is what it is. We know exactly why it didn't happen, but it's it's unfortunate. My <laughs> Eagles. Oh, on, on, on a positive note, my Eagles finally got a cornerback. Yes, and, and a good one at that. 
a uh, very good uh, one at that. Top a top ten cornerback. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I was shocked to say the least. You know what's um, funny is you were asleep when it happened, and I tweeted you, and I was like, "Yo, wake up!" Like it I was happened. Not we out sleep. I woke up. It was about I had to use the bathroom. It was about five or six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and I seen like four people mention me, and I was like, "What is going on?" Yep. And I have Josina Anderson blocked because I, I can't stand her because for her wins <laughs> comments. So, but I went clicked on the tweet and I was like, "Oh man, this can't be real." I was like, "I'll I'll believe it when I see it." When 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 Adam Shepard tweets it, then I'll believe it. Yeah. And then he finally tweeted, "We got him for a third and a fifth. and I was like, "Wow, that's that's what surprised me the most too. I mean, I mean, I've seen a lot of Eagles like writers. Uh, act like it was like a bad move. Uh, oh, we, the the motive was to get younger, and it's like he's only twenty nine years old. But you guys wanted, you guys wanted Byron Jones, and he's twenty seven, but he'll be twenty eight when the season starts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're getting some ultra older cornerback who, who can't cover or is overrated. Like he's a top ten corner. He's been consistent. I mean, last year you can say like he, he had his he gave up his best passer rating to quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, I mean, he was dealing with a, a, a nagging hamstring injury, and and what can you do when you're the only co- good cornerback on your team? Like, it is what it is. And um, if his stats aren't, like, you know, matching up, or you're looking at his stats, and you're like, oh, you know, he's not that... He not he didn't get really thrown at, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean... Like, I mean if you don't get thrown at, that's at a it, good thing. They showed his stats when shadowing receivers. I mean, he held uh, Amari Cooper to three receptions, 36 yards, like... On I believe seven targets. Like you don't, you don't just lock down a guy like Amari Cooper, who was one of the best route runners in the league. I think he, his best, the best game that he gave up was Terry McLaurin or uh, or Keenan Allen. Neither one of them reached over ninety yards. So I'll take that all day. I, I don't, I don't see why people can complain about a move like that. And for, to only give up a third and a fifth is amazing. I'll take that and give him an extension. Yeah. He'll be 33 when the when the uh when the when the contract is up. I mean, how can that's, how can you be terrible. mad at? That? Yeah, no, you really can't you, be mad. Yeah, I mean, at the a kind of end of his prime, like when you get like 27, 28, but I mean, you're going to get th- at least two good se- really good seasons out of him, I feel like. And so. you know, I think I think the the number and the age thirty is over exaggerated in yeah. the sports world a little too much nowadays. Because yeah. everyone says, "Oh, he's almost thirty. He's twenty nine. He's almost thirty. Well, you know what's funny? You know who also is almost thirty? Khalil Mack, Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald. Three yeah. of the top, you know, defensive playmakers in the NFL right now. Tom Brady's forty three. Like. It, I mean, I'm not going to say age doesn't matter because, of course, that's ignorant. It would, it does matter. There are certain players that cannot keep their bodies in shape. There are certain players that, you know, face some type of injuries that are, you know, possible to come back from. Whatever, you know, everyone has their different scenario. But I think there's a very negative connotation that once you hit 30, you're done. Yeah, that's, you not, look, that's not true. That's not true. A, look at a guy like Richard Sherman. I mean, yeah, he's he's never been the best man-to-man corner. He's still one of the better corners in the league, and he's 31 years old. So, yeah. I mean, yo, your mic is going crazy. Oh, for real? Hold on. Yeah. Still, okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Oh, wait. Still doing it. Still. Am I good? Hold up. I know what it is. 
technical difficulties, people. Am I good now? Uh, yes, you're good. Okay. Yeah, it was falling. That's what? all it was. Oh, wait, it's still doing it just a little bit. Okay. Oh. Hold on, hold on. All right, what about now? Still doing it. <laughs> For real? Yeah. All right, hold on. I know what it is. It's a little tangled. That's all it is. A little bit tangled. All right, how is it now? Much better. We're good. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, so what's some other moves that happened? Uh, Byron, don't I look. The Dolphins made a lot of moves. A lot I'm of really happy for good them. moves. I really am. They they were you know zero and seven, zero and eight to start the year. Whatever they thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They were pathetic. Um, end up and they, the they turned it around. Yeah, they turned it around. They didn't. They didn't really. They didn't really tank by any means. They, you know, they came in. They beat the Patriots in Week 17 to spoil yep. their playoff seating. Yep. Good for them. And they got a couple. Not, I mean, that's what you do. That's how you rebuild. That's, that's not how you rebuild. How you rebuild. Houston, a prime example how not to rebuild. I don't know what Houston's doing. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think Houston knows what Houston's doing. Like, I feel like the AFC South is always going to be like a big like cramp. Like, everybody's going to be like jockeying for positioning. In that division, but I mean, I don't know. Like you, this could have been the off season where you really separated yourself from everyone else, and you decided to get worse. Yeah. What the craziest part about that con- about that trade is not even not getting a first round pick. You took David Johnson's entire contract on, entire contract. Not even like, oh Arizona, you take Yikes. care of part of this contract. No. You have yeah. to pay eleven million to an aging running back who hasn't been productive in like three seasons. Like, that's crazy. It's but pretty I, damn gross if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien. I mean, I'm I'm happy he got the best out of Carlos Hyde last year, but why didn't you just like stick with that at the very least? Like, you didn't necessarily have to go get David Johnson. But hey, man. Hey, that's that's their decision. I'm just thankful, which is weird because I'm not usually thankful to be a Bears fan, but I'm thankful that. Our GM is not that stupid because I'm telling you right now, if my GM did a move like that and didn't even get a first rounder for a guy like that, oh man, it'd be tough to be a fan of. I can imagine imagine trading Fletcher Cox and not getting a first rounder for Fletcher Cox. Yeah, that would be insane. It's not right. You just don't do it. It's not supposed to happen. Let's see what what are some other moves or what are some other teams that I was happy went out and did some things. Uh, Stephon Diggs to the Bills. That's very nice. Crazy. I wasn't. That's how you get compensation for your your starting wide receiver, like a, a first round pick and a seventh round pick. Yep. That's that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Like I expected at least the Texans to get that. If you get the if you get a first round pick for 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 DeAndre Hopkins, and it's like, yeah, I mean, silly to trade him in his prime, but at least you got something back for him. You didn't even get a first back for him, and I'm I'm happy for the well. I can't say I'm happy for the Vikings because you're a pure Bears fan, so I'm sorry that you get to yeah. deal with a team that has two first round picks. But hey, man, let's we'll, we'll see how these moves go. Amari, well, Coo- not Amari Cooper they're got not the, the bag. Amari Cooper got the bag. Five he years, a hundred million. I think like sixty millions guaranteed. Man. And he deserves every bit of it. Truthfully. Uh, and now. I 
think that's a little too much for him. But you may be saying that because you know you're a kid. No, 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 no. Even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't on the Cowboys, I feel like five years, a hundred million dollars is like. It's know. a lot for a receiver. I it's will a agree lot. with you there, but you also have to look at his production since coming over from Oakland. That's you know, that's he, also true. He you, was, had, you had to pay him giving up a first-round pick for him. You, yes, you had to pay him. It yes. is what it is. Because if you're going to give up a first-rounder, which I know it sounds stupid because a lot of players, you know, got traded and they didn't net a first-rounder and, you know, the Cowboys gave up a first-rounder and they looked stupid. And they still kind of do because a first-rounder for a receiver – which I don't really know what makes sense. It didn't at the time, for sure. Yes, he produced, but I still think you could have got him for less. I think they just came to the door and said, hey, here's a first, when they could have probably got him for a second or a third. Yeah, they probably um, were just like, oh, yeah, got it. Sure, take it right yes. now. But ever since he has came to Dallas, it's been a stud. He's, so, he's, killed, he's killed the Eagles. That's why I was so happy we finally got Slay. It's a blessing. But Slay and Cooper will be a fun matchup for the next two, three years. Slay and McLaurin, too. I mean, that's yeah. going to be someone to watch for sure. And then I'm over uh, here thinking Slay and, oh, that's right. The Giants don't have any receivers. Well, I mean, they have. Well, no. No. I'm not, not really worried. <laughs> Slayton had Sterling a good Shepherd, season. But Slayton, I mean. They're, they're all okay. I mean, there's no, I mean, you can't. You, they couldn't even beat the Eagles with the secondary we had last year. I mean, so now we got that little matchup. You got Darius Slay versus Darius Slate. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a little fun. Can't wait to lock him down, get two picks off of uh, Daniel Jones. It'll all be great. <laughs> trying to think of anything else that was pretty big. I mean, the Bears struck out in free agency. Besides Robert Quinn, I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, getting Robert Quinn to go opposite Cleo Mack. Um, Packers didn't do much. They lost pretty much everyone, if anything. They yeah. lost five starters. I can tell you that much. Haha, um, ha, Quinn Dix went to the Cowboys. Dallas. That's, that's a, a good signing. That's, that's a, a good, good pickup for Dallas. Well, I don't understand. Tra- why Travis is he not Frederick. Long-term deals? Travis why is he not long-term Frederick. Deals? I totally forgot about that. That tra- Travis Frederick died. Uh, I said died. This man said almost died. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're That's grim. Ridiculous. I'm sorry. But he retired yeah. yesterday. Like, what? Yeah. That was, that was uh, mind-blowing. I don't know if that changes their first round. Uh, it's probably movie. because he's, you know, he's dealt with that that issue. And I don't I don't really blame him, you know, with his health and consideration coming back. And he's almost 30. That's that's not a bad move. I respect it. I hope. I hope he's well, and I hope he, you know he gets he gets better. But it is kind of questionable because you know you're like, oh, a 29 year old Pro Bowl center who's been one of the best offensive linemen we've seen in you know our time for sure, consistent. But uh, yeah, I mean that just proves that not everyone's here for the long run. Man, DeForest Buckner. That's a good trade. I like that's that good, trade. I like the trade too. I mean, I like it for both teams. That's a, that's yeah. a trade you can look at where you're like, yeah, no one San really Fran, got screwed. Yeah, San Fran got. They have the opportunity to get a lot better, and then so does. I mean, DeForest Buckner is all as a star. So I mean, he's gonna make yeah. that defense better. Him and Darius Leonard are gonna be like the faces of that defense for years and years to come. So and that's what the Colts needed. They needed that run stopping force in the middle, and they got it. I like that pick a lot. Um, but you also have to look at San Francisco. They extended Eric Armstead, and that's why they probably had to have that casualty. Oh, yeah. Buckner. They're like, well, yeah, we had to pick one of them, and, you know, they just picked a 
They picked Eric Armstead. I like that pick, though, because they got value in return for a draft pick, which is something Houston has failed to do, which yeah. I, don't know, I don't know, man. If you can get a first for DeForest Buckner, I, I'd like to think you can get a first or a second for DeAndre Hopkins. I'd like to think, <laughs> but oh, um, I don't know. I, I need the Eagles to trade that first to the Jaguars to get Yannick Ngakwe. You would take a first for Yannick? Absolutely. Really? He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's pretty we, solid. We need that. I, I like Brandon Graham, but he's getting older. He's like 31, 32 years old. Maybe I'm really? exaggerating wow. that. He might be older than that. Like He might be like 33, 34. There's no way. Brandon Graham? Let me see. I, I'll type his name in right now. I think he's, he's got to like be 31 at the most. Brandon Graham. 31 at the most. Brandon Graham is – oh, he's 31. Okay, I was about to say. Well, he'll be, no he'll, yeah. well, oh, okay, never mind, never mind. Well, no, no, no. He'll be 32 in, uh, on April 3rd. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, that's uh, really close. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in age. And, like, I know we just paid him last year, but it's because we had to. Like, mm-hmm. But I would love to get a guy like Ngakwe. He's only 24 years old, like, and already has that production. That's basically your first-round pick right there. If would you rather – would you rather have Ngakwe or draft like someone, you know, first round at 21 right there, maybe like Epinesa or something like that? Oh, uh, 100% Ngakwe. Yeah, I think I'm, he's proven. I think that's a proven, a safer pick. Yeah, proven, very productive. Uh, For sure. And, and only sure. 24. I mean, he's the same age as some of these guys coming in. So, I you mean, you know what's a freaking crazy statistic that I still don't believe? What? Jordan Howard is 25 years old. Yeah, I mean that just does it not seem like, like he's been here for eight years and he's like a grizzled veteran because he's yeah. been on like three different teams now. I hope just, he does man, well. With crazy. The, with the, I hope he does well with the Dolphins. I really. I do. hope he does, but I he has a big opportunity. A, a running back first round because they got I, I two picks too. now. I still I think they're going first. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we're talking about that, we might as well get into it. This is the quarantine mock. For anybody keeping stats at home. Uh, Part two, post-free agency. Of course, you have the pre-combine and the original mock, and now we have a post-combine and post-free agency mock to get a better idea of what players will go where because a lot of you know holes were filled and a lot of players have yeah. um, you know filled out the roster more, so it's a lot easier to tell um, what these teams are really going to go for come April. Oh, also, um, to all the listeners out there, at times, I'm going to tweet, yo, I want to do an inter- an interactive mock draft. Uh, for a little while this week, I had it pinned on my timeline. I'm sure you've seen it on my timeline because we did a three-round interactive mock draft. The, basically, I would find out who's a fan of what team, and if you're interested in the, you know your draft stuff and you know what you want your team to draft for however many rounds – I'll add you in the group chat, and then in this group chat, basically the certain fans of whatever particular team. But I mean, the group the limit is only fifty people per group chat, so it, I mean it is what it is. But I will add you in this group chat, and you and whoever else will sit there and discuss who you want to take, and then you would tweet the pick, and then well, actually you would send me the pick, and then I would tweet it, and I would be like, well, this is via this person and this person so they don't come and attack me and be like oh well you made this pick for us not them so just to get that all out the way but it's it's actually a very fun experience 
Uh, just something to get our mind off the quarantine. I, I guess something to, to occupy our time. Last time we did it, it took about two or three hours. It, it felt like an actual war room. That's how I know I, I would never, ever survive being in the actual draft war room because it would actually like mean something at that time. So, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Um, and, yeah. But without further ado, this is the second version of our Moving the Chains NFL mock draft. This time, obviously, what Jake just said, a lot of the spots have been filled, and it's time to get it started. So uh, I think we can get the first two picks out the way, despite the little chatter that's going on about, oh, you know, the, the Redskins might trade back. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I think the first two picks are definitely Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Uh, in that particular order. And with that being said, I guess it would be the Detroit Lions on the clock. I don't know if you want to go first or me. It doesn't matter because it's only us two. Um, I guess I'll go. I mean, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I'll go. Uh, so with the third pick of the NFL draft, I have the Detroit Lions selecting uh, Jeffrey Okuda, um, especially more so now with the – Departure of Darius Slay. I think they're going to need a number one guy that shut down corner. Um, and if you're taking a corner in the top five uh, range of an NFL draft, you have really high expectations for him, and you probably think he can come in and be that guy right away. Um, you know, I think that's what he's going to come and do, though. I think he can do it all. He's got great coverage. He's got good speed. He's good hands, and he's airtight on his coverage. I think that guy would just come in from day one and just contribute right then. Um, but I was thinking, you know, at the time, about four weeks ago, Darius Slay was being shopped. And I was like, you know, I think they should really ship Darius Slay now because they can get value for him and get Okuda, his immediate replacement. And I'm glad they did. Well, I'm not glad because I don't like the Lions, but um, <laughs> it, it was a smart decision to do. There's no denying that. So, yeah, I would say uh, Jeffrey Okuda, uh, number three to Detroit. Yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Uh, I have a team that I probably hate more than any other team in the league, to be fairly honest with you, but I'm going to do you guys justice uh, with the New York Giants at number four. They could go a few ways here, but with all the activity that they had in free agency, uh, I think the best thing for them to do would be to take an offensive tackle at number four. Uh, I also see a lot of uh, Giants fans on my timeline complain about how Isaiah Simmons is mocked to them at number four. And I think he would be an okay pick here, but at the same time, you put all this money and free agency into linebackers. Why would you draft one in the first round? So um, my offensive tackle one is Jedrick Wills. Therefore, I'm going to give you guys Wills. When we did the interactive mock, uh, I, the two other gentlemen actually picked Worfs for you guys, but I've seen people complain about that. So uh, I'm going to give you guys Jedrick Wills. He's an instant plug-and-play offensive tackle. I think he fits great into what Dave Gettleman likes, those hard-nosed guys. And he, I think he'll be a staple to that offensive line for a very, very long time. So uh, give me Jedrick Wills at number four. I like that pick a lot. I think that's what I was going to go. Obviously, I was going to go Tristan Wirfs, but uh, there's really there's really no bad pick there. I mean, I think Tristan Wirfs and uh, Jedrick are pretty pretty close. I mean, obviously, there's some discrepancy there, but this it's really not that bad. So Yeah. 
Alrighty, now we have the Miami Dolphins on the clock at number five. Jake, I'm going to pass it to you. All right. Uh, the fifth pick of the NFL draft, I have the Miami Dolphins selecting um, Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Um, I, think, I think they had a phenomenal offseason. I really, really do. Getting Byron Jones and adding to that defense and Kyle Van Noy. Yep. And, you know, you got uh, Fagetalum at safety, who's a very underrated safety from Cincinnati. Yep. That was a really nice uh, selection. You know, I know this is going to sound kind of questionable. This is a very interesting sentence, especially if you were to hear it a couple years ago. But I like that signing of Eric Flowers. That was a nice little signing um, because obviously he played well last year. I mean, exactly. It It wasn't a bad deal either. Three years, 30 million, you know, not a lot of it's guaranteed. Like that's not terrible. That's not a terrible deal for a guy who was on um, the rise for sure. He was on a pretty good, pretty good year this year. Um, So I like that signing a lot. Um, And they got three first rounders, man. They got, they can really, really turn this rebuild around. Obviously from where they were about eight months ago, I mean, 0-7, 0-8, bottom of the leaderboards, bottom of the, you know, the division. And here they are with three first-rounders. They've got a team. They've got a coach. They've got a nice culture built there under Brian Flores. Um, I think Tua could step in. And uh, I think going to be like, you know, a Kyler Murray type guy. Um, you know, Kyle, Kyler Murray was the guy for Arizona. Like, he's given that franchise hope. He's given them like some type of bright spot. When you look yeah. at the Arizona Cardinals, their identity is no longer, you know, Carson Palmer or Josh Rosen or, you know, one of those teams with no direction. They've got direction now. And it's yeah. called building around one guy and adding superstars and adding other pieces <clears throat> around him. And that's what I think they're going to do in Miami here. Um, you get Tua here, and I think uh, they got a definite uh, quarterback for the future. So uh, hard, hard to go against there. I could see them taking Herbert, but I think Tua fits in that system really well. So. Okay. I like that pick. And uh, the very next pick, we have the L.A. Chargers, who just redid their logo to whatever it is now. I, I don't really see the differences, to be honest with you. I think now it's powder blue, though. I Wait, think did now, they? Yeah, yeah. I didn't they, know they redid their – I knew the Rams did. I didn't know the, the Chargers did. Yeah, they tweeted out the video earlier today. It's uh, – I've seen them say powder blue and gold. So I think that's going to be the primary colors from here on out. Let me go look at that. I I like the powder blue. So, I mean, yeah. But um, with this pick, I don't buy it at all that they're going to let Tyrod Taylor play this year. If they are, I mean, I don't think that's going to stop them from taking a quarterback here. And I think the most logical pick here is Justin Herbert. I can see them taking a tackle, but I don't think they wait. I, I don't I don't think they're not gonna draft a quarterback this year. Like if you're in the whole tank for for Trevor Lawrence thing, then maybe. But I don't think the Jaguars are on. Or I'm sorry, Jaguars. I don't think the Chargers are on that type of time. Anthony Lynn. I think his time is running out as well. So, I mean, they have to do something, and he has to do something to save his job. So, I think I think Herbert's the pick here. I really do. I know Chargers. Some Chargers fans aren't gonna like that. Um, it's I'm not the person to judge whether Herbert is ready or not. I like his mechanic. Well, I like his physical qualities that he brings to the table. I don't think he's bringing it all together yet, but I feel like with the right coaching, I think he could be a really good quarterback in this league. So uh, give me Justin Herbert at number six. Uh, At number seven, we have the Carolina Panthers and their wild situation they have going on. Um, Made a lot of quality signings, but who knows what they do with this pick. 
I have an idea of what they do with this pick. I think you're going to lean in the same direction as me. So I'll pass it to you. All right. Um, I'm not exactly sure if we have the same um, mindset here because they could go a couple different ways. And, you know, as a free agency, that's why you always do a couple mocks because you just never know, you know, with the way they fill their team out. Yeah. Um, I initially had them going different way than I have them now. Um, but as of this moment, especially with the retirement of Luke Keekley, um, I have them going linebacker seven and taking Isaiah uh, Simmons from Clemson. Oh, we're, we're on the same page. We're on the same oh, we page. Are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, I think that's a really have, good pick. I think you have to go that. I mean, he's, he's from, he went to Clemson. So he's right down the street, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. don't have to travel very far. I mean, they, it fills a need, you know, with Cookley being retired now. I mean, you have to go that, right? I mean, yeah, you really can't go any. I mean, you can because there's it's a seventh overall pick. It's hard to mess that up unless yeah. you're the Chicago Bears and take Kevin White at seven. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not really – I was thinking maybe Derek Brown, but, I mean, you really need a linebacker in that defense right now. You don't have yeah. a leader. And I'm not going to say Isaiah Simmons would be a leader right now because he's a rookie, but – I think he's like a Jamal Adams type player where no matter how long he's been in the league, Jamal Adams is already respected and feared, whether you like it or not. He is a really, really solid professional right now. I think Isaiah Simmons can come in and just kind of make that kind of an impact, especially um, it's going to fill a need. It's it's really going to fill that need. And he's just going to be comfortable being, I think, in the middle of the field, like a linebacker. I know he's lined up on the outside. I know he's played safety. I know he's kind of that hybrid, but you know, like you told me that, he prefers to be a linebacker. And yep. I think, you know, given the situation in Carolina, he'll get the opportunity to do just that, be a linebacker. So I don't I don't really see any other way the Carolina Panthers can go with this pick. All right. And now with the eighth pick, we have the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Uh, I think everybody had them getting a receiver before free agency started. And then yes. the bombshell on the yes. very first day of the ta- tampering period happened with DeAndre Hopkins being traded there. And I – if they go receiver here, I don't know Look why. Look I don't know why, <laughs> but at the same time, I would still be very, very terrified. I don't care if they don't have any line. Like, Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray, and he's going to get the ball out regardless. Um, but I think the most logical thing to do here would be take offensive tackle. Um, and I'm going to give them Tristan Wurst from Iowa. I could, I could also go Becton, but Becton's a left tackle. And they just re-signed Humphreys for, I think, three or four years. So there's no need to draft a left tackle and make him switch when you can just get a natural right tackle. Um, Tristan Wirfs obviously is going to be a plug-and-play. Uh, would solidify that offensive line, give Kyler the time to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I don't – I mean, you look at that receiving core, you're going to have uh, – you're still going to have Larry Fitzgerald. He finally gets, like, somebody that – is going to bring a, a significant threat probably since Anquan Bolden is probably like the most significant threat that he's had alongside him. Um, yeah. Also, you still have Christian Kirk. You have Hakeem Butler, who didn't even play last year. You have Andy Isabella. That's a good receiving core. And they if got you a lot get of an question offensive... marks at receiver right now. Like they can be big or they yeah. can be bust. And I yeah. think that's crazy because what if they all boom? What if they all go crazy? Like Hakeem Butler turns out to be really good. Andy yeah. Isabella turns out to be that speedster that they were looking for. Christian Kirk turns out to be that slot guy they're looking for. And then you have DeAndre Hopkins. And then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, ushered in under Larry Fitzgerald. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, shares his knowledge and his skill set with these younger receivers. <laughs> that's Man, that's a good, that's a really good situation looking like that. 
It is, and, and and that's why I feel like, I mean, if you draft another receiver, like why would you? I mean, you just drafted two last year. Uh, Andy Isabella, he he was actually pretty productive in in the time that he was given last year. So uh, Hakeem Butler is still a question mark. I think he was on IR for most of the year, or he just wasn't ready. Whatever that may be, we'll see what physical like um, what what he's what he's developed physically over this past year. But um, I think getting them off into tackle will be, will start the foundation off and and I think it'll definitely pay dividends throughout this season. No doubt so, about that. Uh number 9 we have the Jaguars on the clock. All right. So we previously discussed the Jaguars going a couple different ways with it. So I still think they will, but they have two first rounders. So that's the thing here. I think they can really go either D line or receiver with this pick. And if they don't go receiver here, they'll go receiver at 20. Or if they don't go D line here, they'll go D line at 20. But I think this guy is just too talented to pass up. Um, and given the fact that receiver class is pretty deep this year, I think they wouldn't really take a hit going with a D lineman here. So with that being said, um, with the departure of Calais Campbell and possibly uh, Yannick Ngakwe, um, I think they're going to be having their eyes focused on Derek Brown uh, from Auburn. I think he's going to be a guy that can come in right away, day one, and uh, make some noise for sure. And that line on the defensive side definitely needs it for sure. Um, you know, with the possible departure of Ngakwe and the um, for sure departure of Calais Campbell uh, a couple days ago. So I think Derek Brown would fit in right there. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, you, I think you have to go defensive line in the first round. I mean, if it's Kinlaw or it's or it's uh, Derek Brown, I mean, either one of them will be an instant impact on that team. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Calais Campbell obviously leaves a huge hole physically and metaphorically, but um, yeah, oh, I, I, really, I really like wise. that pick. That's yeah, a very, that's a very big leader and a very big voice in that locker room. He was um, nominated for. Uh, was it the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, I believe? Yeah. Um, he yep. is also recognized for his community work, and he's loved by that whole community, really, you know, with what he's done um, reshaping Jacksonville from, you know, a bottom-tier team and a, a very laughingstock-like team over the past 10 years and coming yeah. in and making one of the most feared defenses we've seen in a long time in that 2017-2018 defense um, with Telvin Smith, Campbell, Bouye, Ramsey, and a couple other guys that made some impact. But uh, Clayus Campbell will definitely be missed, but I think it was time to move on for sure yeah i agree uh let's see now we have number 10 cleveland browns on the clock i think it's a it's a instant they should run well technically they can't do that because we're the draft is going to be uh the draft is going to be held like digitally so um they're going to hand in their digital card and draft Mikai Becton at number 10. That's uh, exactly just, what I have right there. They they just signed Jack Conklin. He's a right tackle. Uh, Mikai Becton obviously would be a plug-and-play right at left tackle. I don't think – like, what would be the other logical place for them to go? Like, I don't know what other position they would go. I mean, you could make an argument for safety, but at the same time, like, the safety in the top 10, like, I don't – know if there's a guy that's worth taking it like that in the top 10. So I think getting, not in this year's draft, you don't have yeah. a Jamal Adams type guy or, yeah. you know, I don't think so. I mean, I, I like a, was I, discussed I, there, but he's, I, 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 I like a few guys at, at safety. 
Well, actually, like not that early. Yeah, not that. No, not that early. Yeah, too risky. This, this feels an obvious need. Um, Baker, he's he's not gonna have very many excuses. I mean, if everything goes well, I mean, you guys, they they just signed Hooper. Uh, they just. Who that else? offense is going to be disgusting if you really look at it on paper. It's a matter of. It was supposed to be last year, together. though. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. What, what, but you also they have, they have the a better coach. They have a better Freddie, coach. Freddie Kitchens was not the coach for that type of team. It's just it's simple that he's not. Okay. But that that offense on paper, I mean, you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis, OBJ, Hooper, got some studs on that side of the football. So if Baker doesn't perform, oof, man. People are going to be looking at him really crazy. Yeah, like they were already looking at him kind of sideways after this year and his comments on the way he handled the media this year. He was kind of looked at like a very spoiled brat and, you know, very entitled and, you know, not a leader, uh, more of a complainer. But if he doesn't perform this year and, you know, pull some of the stuff that he did this year, it's not going to look good for Cleveland. You you might have a quarterback problem on your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next up we have – Oh, I just realized you're going to have the Eagles pick. That's fine. Um, you can still pick for the Eagles, too. It's, that's all good. You can still okay. make a pick for the Eagles. Cool, 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 cool. I'm glad, glad we're looking on, on the right side here. Um, number 11, we have the New York Jets on the clock. That's you. All right. So with the departure of Robbie Anderson and the fact that they're really not addressing receiver and free agency besides Brashad Perryman on a one-year $8 million deal, which doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. I mean, I guess, but I mean, he's only been productive for one year and that was because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin created so much opportunity on that offense because I mean, you have two 1000 yard receivers and two top five NFL receivers statistically last year, there's going to be guys open and a la here comes Brashad Perryman. So, um, that's an interesting signing to me. I think it's good that they're addressing it, but I don't think that's the right guy. Um, so, but that being said, you have to get your quote-unquote franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold, some weapons. You have to. You got him Le'Veon Bell to establish the run game. You got him a little guy that, you know, he can throw it and pitch off to in the backfield. That's great. Swing routes, cool. But what do you have on the offense side of the ball? And the answer is not much. Robbie Anderson was kind of that guy, but – He's kind of falling off the radar. Now he's in Carolina. So with that being said, um, you got to go C.D. Lamb here. That is by far and away uh, the number one receiver in this draft, in my opinion. The way he Mm. catches the ball, um, he's got an incredible point of attack. He goes up and gets the ball. And also, not to mention, his his yards after catch is insane. I mean, you see all these highlights and all all this footage of him catching the ball, but he doesn't stop. He doesn't go down. He's not a possession receiver. He catches it, and he's looking to make guys miss. He's looking at the next move ahead of him. And that's the type of guy they need. They need a game-breaker like CeeDee Lamb. Um, and that's that's hopefully what they go with, because if not, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to dress receiver. But uh, sounds like a no-brainer to me. Got to get some weapons for Darnold if they want to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. I think Lamb is the right pick here. I don't think he's the best wide receiver in this class. But do you think it's Judy? I do. Okay. I do. I do. That's fair. That's, I mean, that's fair. That's that's not a bad. That's not. A, I think it's a one A and one B, pretty much. I mean, I yeah, really I, I like agree. A... I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, you, back to what you were saying about the pyramid signing. I, that's why I'm so confused. I mean, you couldn't pay Robbie Anderson an extra two million dollars. He's a guy that knows the system, knows everything already. I mean. Already has a rep, uh, like a, a relationship and a rapport with 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 uh, Darnold, and 
you're gonna not pay him two extra million dollars like I don't understand that at all, but I feel like C.D. Lamb is a perfect replacement for him. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. Now we have the Las Vegas Raiders on the clock. It's still weird saying that. Um, they can go a couple ways here as well. But I think you got to get Carson weapons. Or who, if it's Mariota, whatever. You have to give whoever whoever is that quarterback some weapons. Um you see, I want to go Judy here. I do. You're going to go Henry Ruggs. I'm going to go Ruggs here because you know Gruden. Well, the Raiders in general, they love guys that run fast 40 times for some reason. And Ruggs would literally just be like fit that exact like characteristic that the Raiders love. They love that speed. Tyreek uh, Hill Jr., man. <laughs> I man, and and he's and the thing about it, he can make contested catches at being what five ten, five eleven. Um, I think he he's a really good route runner. He gets separation. Like what? I don't think there's any like you look at the top three receivers in general. Like there's nothing. There's not much you don't like about him. Like um, I, I've seen guys, you know, put Chanel in this category. I'm like, no, it's there's no way. But that what so on and so forth. But yeah, I think Ruggs is the pick here. Like I said, I think Judy is the the best, quote-unquote, wide receiver in this draft, but I don't think you can go wrong with either three. But just because the Raiders love speed, I'm going to give that – I'm going to give them Ruggs here. Uh, next pick, we have the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. All right. So the San Francisco 49ers obviously acquired this pick from the Indianapolis Colts for DeForest Buckner, which I think was a pretty good trade. Um in my mind, I don't know about you. Do you think that was a good trade? Oh, yeah. That was definitely a good trade. Yeah. Okay. So, in that case, um, they now have two first-rounders, and they have flexibility here because I was thinking, you know, they can go a multitude of different ways, whether it be corner because, you know, you're going to have to replace the aging Richard Sherman here soon and, you know, keep that defense at an elite level. Um, could, again, could have gone D-line because of the departure of DeForest Buckner, of course. Um, yep. And, of course, wide receiver that uh, get Jimmy Garoppolo some weapons because if you look at that receiving core, especially with the departure of Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, you don't really have a, a ton of studs. You got George Kittle, but he's a tight end in a receiver's body uh, or a receiver in a tight end's body, of course. Um, but you don't really have a ton of big name guys or guys that are like game breakers um, outside of Emmanuel Sanders, who is now in New Orleans. So with that being in mind, um, I went with Jerry Judy here. Uh, at 13 because I think I really truly do think 11 12 and 13 are going to be receivers I just can't see CD lamb not going to the Jets I can't see the Raiders passing up and not getting a receiver and I think the 49ers now have a lot of flexibility given that the fact they have an extra first rounder um, I think Jerry Judy would go in and make obviously an immediate impact um, I think it would be only maybe a year become or maybe a year before he becomes their uh, best receiver on that team um and jimmy needs help man jimmy needs weapons yeah. you know protect your protect your franchise qb which it's kind of weird to think that jimmy garoppolo is a franchise quarterback hell he did get him to to the super bowl but i mean that think that was more so the defense and the fact that he most had 230 yards and four touchdowns in an nfc championship game but that's neither here nor there um i think they need a receiver and i think they need um a guy like jerry judy to come in there okay i like it um now we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. Totally different way of looking at them opposed to when it was before free agency. 
Um, back at that time, I figured giving him a guy like Chiasen would be the pick here. Uh, I'm not going to go in that direction now. They need to protect Tom Brady uh, badly. <laughs> so, therefore, I'm going to go Andrew Thomas with this pick. Uh, obviously, would be a plug-and-play guy. I don't think they're going to pick up any of the offensive tackles that are still available in free agency. Or if they do, I mean, it would only be for a year or so. Uh, they're obviously in win now. Um, so, I think getting a guy like Andrew Thomas who will be a quick plug-and-play, I think that would literally fit perfectly into what Bruce Arians is trying to do with his team. So, give me Thomas. Uh, now at 15, we have the Denver Broncos on the clock. All right. So, I was going to go a couple different ways, and obviously because free agency happened, and now I'm kind of thinking, eh. But I'm also kind of thinking this would be smart to sure up that side of the ball. I was going to go receiver here, but if you look at it, the top three receivers are really, 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 really good. And yep. then you kind of have a fall off where you're like, okay, Justin Jefferson's pretty solid. And then you got Jalen Rager and T. Higgins. You know, they wouldn't be bad guys, but those are definitely not top tier guys like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb. There's no question about that. And LaVisca Chanel Jr., I don't think he's going to be that good enough to take at 15. I think it's a little bit of a risk. I think it'd be a nice upside pick, but at 15, I think you got to hit a home run on this pick, especially, you know, given the fact that the Broncos are in the situation that they're in. Um, I was going to go D line here, but I went with um, cornerback. I went with CJ Henderson out of Florida. Um, I think that with the departure of Chris Harris, which is going to hurt them defensively, of course, because Chris Harris has been, um, I mean, a phenomenal quarterback, or I'm sorry, cornerback um, in the past seven, eight years for Denver. I mean, he's been the leader of that defense. He's been absolutely elite, Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. He's been a really good guy. Um, and he's, of course, staying within the division, so that's not very fortunate for Denver. Um, I think they need to go get a guy like C.J. Henderson to pair with A.J. Bouye because I think in my um, – this is in my estimation, I think. I think every team needs an elite corner and a good corner and that's just in my opinion i think yep, I because agree. there's there's going to be times where your elite corner doesn't play elite it happens and you're going to have to have a guy that you can rely on so when aj bouye is not playing you know elite which i'm not sure he's elite at this point of his career anyway but he's good he's really good um i think cj henderson would take the load off that for sure and uh, give denver a nice little one-two punch at corner like I said, I think they can go multiple ways here, but I just think it's too much of a stretch and a reach for them to go receiver at 15 right there, especially given the talent that was off the board with the 11, 12, and 13 pick in Judy Ruggs and Lamb. I like that pick. I like I like uh, Henderson, or H- CJ Henderson going there. I think I think he's the best. Uh, well, no, second best corner in the draft. I you you know I always forget about Akuda because he gets drafted so early and mocked so early that. Like, you can't necessarily, like, put him in the same, like, class. I feel like it's like, okay, there's this, there's a CUDA, a little small gap, and then there's, uh, and then there's, uh, Henderson and Fulton. But, yeah, I think, I like, I like Henderson going there. Um, 16, we have the Arizona, or, oh my God, I don't know why I just said that. (laughs) We're only halfway through, and I'm already making mistakes, but. Arizona Falcons, yes, sir. (laughs) Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons on the clock here, and uh, I, I don't know. know. Going with. I think I know who you're going with. Uh, there's a couple ways I can go. You can go Ken Law. 
You could even go uh, chase on. Um, That'd be but, nasty if you went Kenlaw. Kenlaw yeah. and uh, Kenlaw and uh, who they sign? Uh, Fowler. That'd be a nice little one-two punch over there on that D line for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like Tack the biggest McKinley too. The biggest need is corner. Now yes. that Desmond Trufant has been released, yeah. I don't even know who their cornerback two is. Um, Man, I don't know either. Isaiah Oliver? I don't know. I think Sheffield. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I mean, like I yeah, that just goes to show you, like they need cornerback help. Um, and I think the bet the best thing to do here would go would be to go corner, and I'll give them Christian Fulton from LSU. Too also, bad. yes, sir. I also love the fact that they would get a corner before the Cowboys do. So that's actually beautiful. <laughs> uh, and now we have the Cowboys on the clock. Thank God I don't have to pick for them and the Giants. Hey, man, I'm just glad I'm I'm making picks for, you know, it, it, ever, every other team. Because last time we did this, I had some gross teams to pick for. <laughs> um, so thankfully it was, it was traded off. But um, with that being said, I really – do think the Cowboys want to go corner here <clears throat> if the board shakes out that way. Because like receiver, you have a really good group and then a, okay, these guys could be a good group. And I think that's what, you know, you kind of see with the corners. You've got Henderson and you've got Fulton. And those are the top two corners right there. Then you got Trayvon Diggs and you got Jeff Gladney and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe. Those are not bad picks, but I think that'd be a reach of 17. I think they go Javon Kinlaw at 17 if he's still there. Ooh. I like that pick a lot because, you know, they lost their D tackle in the offseason. Um, and then you, you have Demarcus Lawrence on the end. You know, you got a couple good guys there. They lost Al Woods, you know, a few years back to Seattle. Um, and he was kind of nice. So, I mean, I think this is kind of not a no-brainer, but, I mean, you have to stop the run. And, you know, yeah. in a division with Saquon Barkley – Darius Geis is probably going to be good. Adrian Peterson still, you know, trucking along. And then yeah. you've got Miles Sanders who's coming into his own, who had a really good rookie year for Philadelphia. You have to stop the run. And you can't stop the run without some big guys in the middle. And uh, right now they don't really have the greatest defensive tackles. If you haven't looked at the roster, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a no-brainer pick. If you don't want to reach for a corner and Henderson or Fulton is not there at 17, I think you got to go – BPA here and go best player available and go uh, Ken Law. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, I don't have much to say because I don't like the fact that the Cowboys are getting better. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. When you pick the Packers, I'm going to shred that pick to pieces. Even though, <laughs> even though it's probably a good pick, I'm going to be like, nope, 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 don't like it. Don't like it at all. Man, um, now we have, we're at 18 and the Dolphins are on the clock. Uh, in this position, they could also go best player available. Um, man, there's there's two players I, I could see them go. Well, three: Chasen, McKinney, or Delpit. Um, yeah, I could definitely see those for sure. Um, uh, the. Technically, the best player available would be Chasen. I think I'm going to go Xavier McKinney here. Um, Ooh, they just, you're not going to like what I have to say, but go ahead. I'll wait, but go ahead. <laughs> they just released uh, – who was their safety? Rashad Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So traded I'm, Minka. Yeah, I mean, traded Minka. I mean, I guess you have to replace him. It is what it is. Um, for sure. Hope that, I hope a year later they don't have to trade him to another team and get a first rounder and keep repeating the same process over and over again when it comes to safety. But um, that's he's my uh, he's well. Let me see. Yeah, he's my best safety in the league. Well, in the, not in the league. In this class. <laughs> in the league. Man, ever since, like, pick 16, I've been screwing up. But, um, yeah, he's my safety one in this class. And uh, I, I feel like it'd be a good pick. It, it would uh, uh, help bring along the whole rebuild process that they're going going with right now. So, All right. All right. I like that pick. I like, what do you, I like that pick. What did, what did you have to say about this well, pick? Well, here's the thing. I, I like the pick for Miami. It's just I had Xavier McKinney going 21 to the Eagles. Oh, so see, see I, 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 have a, I, have a different, I have a different thing with okay. the Eagles. Because uh, here's the thing. You have Jalen Bills you... slotting in a safety now, which is his natural position. I do like the fact. But you lost a leader like Malcolm Jenkins. You need a replacement for that ASAP because that was your only I, good defensive player in that secondary. Uh, listen, so, I, I hear you out. I hear you out, but I have a plan. I have a plan. Don't worry. You're going receiver with 21. I know you are. I have a plan. That's all. That's all, all right. All right. I'll let you listen. I'll, I'll let you go with your plan. All right. I'll <laughs> move on to pick 19 because um, I do got to get out of here a little bit. So I will speed this up a little bit. Um, 19 with the Raiders' second first-round pick. I think they really need to address the defensive side of the ball. Um, firstly, because their overall on Madden is very, very bad. <laughs> um, and I like using the Raiders. So come on, like, you know, I need some help. I can't keep using Vontez Burford. It's not going to work. Um, yeah. no matter how good I am, he's too slow. Uh, but no, um, all joking aside, they really need to address the defensive side of the ball and they need to get help, um, in the linebacking department, which they did. They did with Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton, but it never hurts to have good linebackers. It'll yeah. never, ever, ever, ever hurt you. So I think they need to add some more depth there. And uh, I think a guy like Patrick Queen can come in right away okay. and like add that. that type of depth because you've got a system where you're running four linebackers. Um, you're going to need to have all of them. I mean, not all of them, you know, play at a high level, but you'd like to. You'd for sure like to, um, you know, with Vontez Perfect being in limbo and, you know, him aging and doing all this illegal stuff on the football field. Who knows, who knows what he's done? Who yeah. knows? Um, but if you got Nick Wachowski, a really good, you know, backup for Chicago who came in nicely and filled in as a starter and made a nice impact and got himself a nice little contract. You got Corey Littleton, which I love that signing for Oakland. I really do. I really do. Um, he stays um, within. I wouldn't say. His limitations, because I think Corey Littleton initially was a very good special teams player. He's definitely expanded to becoming a pretty good linebacker. If you look at you know what he did for L.A., he was very helpful, and he was very um, influential in turning that defense around for sure. So I like that signing a lot, but I just, like I said, I don't think you can have too many linebackers, especially in this case when you're rebuilding a defense. So I'm going to go Patrick Queen right there from LSU. Okay. Uh, I like that. I, I really do like that pick. Uh, next up at 20, we have uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. I think the pick here has to be Chasen. I mean, you, Ngak, you, Ngakwe is not playing another down for the Jaguars. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think so. Especially after the way he's handled the stuff on social media. Yeah, it's nah. He, he doesn't not. want. He doesn't want to play for them. Like they, no. they have to get rid of him. I don't. Yes. I don't know when they do, but they they're going to get rid of him for sure. Um, he would be. I feel like Chase would be a really good, a really good fill in alongside Josh Allen. That's a young, really good uh, defensive line group. Um, I like that. Picking a lot. up. Picking up what what was it Derek Brown at nine and then also picking up Chason to go with what you already have with Josh Allen. Um, it's a nasty front right there. I like that. So I mean, and he's the best player available. Uh, and they got a, they got a nice little player too. Um, little D tackle. He's not bad. He's not bad. I'm trying to think of their D tackle. Um, he, they drafted him maybe a year or two ago. I'm trying to think. Taven um, Bryant. Yes, Taven yeah. Bryant. Yes, from Florida. I like him. Yeah. I like that pick a lot too. I think he's going to be a nice little D tackle in the league for sure. Um, that's a nice, that's a fine front four right there with Allen, uh, Taven Bryan, Derek Brown, and Chase on. That would be pretty that's good for youth. years to come that's if they a... all pan out. Yeah, yeah, that's youth for sure. And you saw what the Bears did with their defensive line. They turned it around. You know, they got Akeem Hicks when he was young. And then, you know, then you got Eddie Goldman coming in. And then you had Cleo Mack. And it's like, wow, this is really important. The D line is really important. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that a lot. I do think they could go receiver here um, because they do I, need I help at so receiver. Too. But yeah. I do like that pick. And there's no, like I said, there's never, ever a bad time to load up on your defense. It's never going to be a bad thing. So, I like it. <sighs> the Eagles are on the clock at 21. Well, I'm going to have to uh, – you know what? You can take this pick. Just you. Just you. Because I had David McKinney, and I don't, I don't really know – who I'd go with on the fly. I feel that'd kind of be incorrect or disrespectful to just kind of throw someone in there. So I'll let you make that pick and I'll, I'll take 22. You see with me, if it were me and I, 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 maybe I'm along like the minority of Eagles fans, but here at 21, knowing all the talent, like I personally would love like CJ Henderson or like Christian Fulton at, at 21. That'd Realistically, Realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. No, probably not. So, They're gone. Also, with the addition of not being able to pick up a wide receiver via free agency, why we sat here and thought we were too good for Robbie Anderson or Rashad Perriman or or Amari Cooper or any of the or, or DeAndre Hopkins or uh, any of these receivers that were available is beyond me. Um, and that just, I, I feel like that just adds a lot of added pressure on the Eagles to deliver white receivers, multiple two or three in this mm-hmm. draft alone. Um, and I think that is your number one glaring need. I, I think we need linebackers. I think we need a safety. I do. But we picked yeah. up Will Park. So at least that's some type of fill in. Um, we resigned Rodney McLeod. I like McLeod. So it's not like you, you necessarily need to go safety in the first round. But you need to go wide receiver. You need to go wide receiver. I would love to go the best player available. And and if a guy like Ch- Chason is available, take him, whatever. But the fact that we didn't even try to address the need in free agency, it just it changes everything. So you have to go wide receiver here. And you probably have to go wide receiver in the third and possibly fourth round. So, with that being said, the best receiver on the board, I feel like, is Justin Jefferson. So, and also, I feel like he feels a need 
for the Eagles at 21. I think he's a really good route runner. I think that's exactly what Carson Wentz needs. I love the speedsters. Justin Jefferson is just as quick, I feel like, as a lot of the receivers in this class outside of guys like Ruggs. Uh, That's interesting. I had Justin Jefferson going to pick before the Eagles at 20 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. I I, I like Justin Jefferson, man. I mean, I I think he's a really good route runner. He can go on the slot. He can go on the outside. People were debating that the other day. If he can be on the outside, he can play on the outside. Like You saw what he did to Oklahoma in that that game? It doesn't matter where where he lines up. He's going to be a really good uh, he's going to be a really good wide receiver in this league, and I'll, I'll be glad to take him at twenty one. I, I don't think that would be a reach at all. Uh, I, I can so see it, I, I can see a guy like Rager. Uh, for some reason, his hype of being like a number one or being a first round wide receiver has died down due to running a four four seven, which is like the craziest thing ever. But it is what it is. Um, but. Yeah, I, I could see I could see Rager or I could see Jefferson Jefferson at twenty one, but I'm going to take Jefferson. That's a safer pick. I like it. Okay. Did uh, I don't know if you wanted to pick for the Vikings or not? Yeah, I mm, but then I get the Patriot man. That's pick your disgusting. Poison. Oh, pick your God. poison, my man. I, okay, well, let, let me just tell you right now. There's no one I hate more than New England Patriots, so I'll take the Vikings, I guess, and pick <laughs> the lesser of the two evils. Um, I have them going with Denzel Mims. Okay. I like that pick a lot. I don't like it because it's Minnesota, but I do like that pick given the departure of Stefan Diggs. Uh, Denzel Mims is a guy who has soared up the draft boards after his phenomenal combine, and he's been a really nice uh, player um, you know, on film and you know the way he's developed after the season. I think he's going to uh, definitely be a number – I'm sorry, not a number one, a uh, first-round pick for sure because um, he's trending upward, and I like that pick a lot. Stefan Diggs is gone. The only uh, receiver you have on that roster that truly matters is Adam Thielen. If you, I mean, then you're looking at guys like Ola B.C. Johnson and Chad Beebe. I'm like, dude, that's yeah. terrible. That's that's bad. And if you don't get a lot of that out of Dalvin Cook, um, you that offense could certainly be in trouble for sure. So they they have to go receiver here. Um, I don't think there's any question. Well, they don't have to go at 22. They could go at 25. I don't think there's really going to be a discrepancy there. But they do 100% have to take a receiver with that first uh, one of their first round picks. So I'm going Denzel Mims out of Baylor uh, at 22. Yo, this is random, but I was looking at the past picks from 12 to 21, all SEC. Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, LSU, LSU, LSU. That's crazy because my next uh, my next pick for Minnesota is also SEC. (laughs) Oh, man, that's crazy. But uh, let's see with the Patriots at 23. I don't they're not interesting anymore without Brady, honestly. Uh, No, they're really not. um, They could go a number of ways here. But one thing about the Patriots is they like drafting and they like building through the trenches. Uh, I think this pick is a lineman, and I think they go end here. I think AJ Epinesa is the best player available, and I, I I would I feel like he's a fit to go. I think he's a he's a Belichick type of guy, um, a high motor guy, athletic freak in my opinion. Um, I, I would think hope he, he doesn't go there, but I think you're right. I think that's just the perfect pick 
for for the Patriots. I don't think they're necessarily looking for a quarterback. They're not going to like take like Jordan Love and shock the world. Um, I think they're if they don't pick up anybody, I think they're tanking. They're they're one hundred percent going to tank for for next year, whether it's to go, go inquire Dude, a quarterback if, or get. If Trevor they Lawrence. get Trevor Lawrence, I'm not watching the league for twenty years. Oh man, imagine that. I don't want to. I really, I really don't want to. Like he's no. the next Tom Brady, and he plays for them for twenty years. I'm good, man. Completely understandable. Yep. But yeah, uh, twenty four. We have the Saints on the clock. All right. I see. This is the thing. I think Emmanuel Sanders is a really nice addition to that to that Saints offense with Michael Thomas. Um, but I don't think they'd really be terrible i mean I, I don't know i wouldn't think it'd be a bad decision to go receiver here again i okay. don't because like if that. you look at it emmanuel sanders isn't young by any means he's not young he's good but he's not young michael thomas isn't getting any younger and it's always nice because here's the thing drew Brees will probably play two more years and call it quits right yeah you have to have some weapons for that incoming qb absolutely 100 percent. michael thomas will be there for a while Obviously, no doubt about it. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, we don't know. We don't know how long he's going to be there or if he's going to be productive. He's on a two-year contract, so. Exactly. I think it's more of a prove-it deal. Um, I think they could really benefit from going receiver here, and I think they will go receiver. I think I got him going with T. Higgins. I got T. Higgins going to uh, New Orleans Saints there. I think he's going to be another guy that's going to, you know, create space for Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You have – Three different guys on that football field on offense for Drew Brees to throw the football to. And who hates that? Who hates one of the top five QBs ever with more weapons? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Also, you have to look at it this way. Michael Thomas, just by being Michael Thomas, it's like the LeBron effect. He makes guys around him better. He's going to create opportunities for other receivers that come into that offense. You have Emmanuel Sanders, who is now their big, long, deep threat because Ted Ginn is gone. And now you have T. Higgins, a guy who can come in and pretty much do whatever you is pretty much asked of him, honestly, right now, because he's not in a high pressure situation where he's going to be a number one receiver. He's going to come in with other guys and he's going to be like, oh, hey, I can come in here, be integrated in the offense, find my footing and become a nice professional. He's not going to have to like, let's say if he was to go to just for example, like um, Denver, Denver has no wide receivers and he'd have to be asked a lot from Denver to become their number one. I think if he goes into a place like New Orleans, he can slot in, do his thing, and uh, really develop into a nice receiver. So I think uh, think he's going there at 24. Okay. I, I actually have Rager going there. I think Rager's a Yeah, I, I was thinking either that or Higgins, but I just think with the addition of um, – of Sanders. course, yeah, of Sanders, you know, especially with the deep threat, you know, which Jalen Rager would be. I don't know. I just don't really see a, 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 a huge need for speed or those burner guys like that. I think they more need a, an all-round receiver like T. Higgins. So. I think at 25, the sort of lock would have to be Jeff Gladney. Um, they need a corner. Trey Waynes and uh, Xavier Rose have both departure from them this offseason. Uh, I feel like Gladney will come in and have a significant role. I think they have, uh, what is it, Mackenzie Alexander as well. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like I like Gladney from TCU. There's not much really to say, but 
that's definitely a need that they have at corner, and I feel like he would fulfill that. Um, 26, we have the Miami Dolphins on the clock. Again. Oh, yes, again. They've got a lot of picks here. Um, Even with the addition of Jordan Howard, I still think they need to address running back. I really do. Um, And I don't think it's ever a bad idea to get a running back in the first round, especially, you know, with this type of class. It's not very deep. You You got three guys right there that are pretty solid. You got Swift, you got Dobbins, and you got Jonathan Taylor. After that, it's a pretty significant drop off. Um, so right here, I'm going to go with another SEC guy, and I'm going to slot DeAndre Swift to the Miami Dolphins at uh, pick number 26. Um, I, like I think I think they need a guy like that. I think they need a guy who can eventually become their number one running back. I think he can be um, ushered in under Jordan Howard, who is not a veteran, but is a veteran who has a lot of <laughs> leadership skills and a lot of you know um, experience around with now his third team in six years. So. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a really nice pick, and I think they could uh, they could definitely um, mentor DeAndre Swift in becoming their number one guy within um, a year or two. And I don't really see them not going with a running back in the first round. I think that's a definite need on their offensive um, list, and it's not really up for discussion. Honestly, I, they passed on a running back there. Like I said, I mean, they could probably probably get one. Maybe can, towards I, the I, second they can, round. They can but get not, one in the second. Yeah. Yeah. But not not DeAndre Swift caliber. Because yeah. I, I think DeAndre Swift is the first one off the board. And then I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor, maybe 32 to the Chiefs because they need a running back. And then you got Dobbins. And if someone scoops in and gets Dobbins, you're kind of SOL. Maybe Cam Akers, but eh, I don't know. I think DeAndre Swift goes there at 26, to be honest. I like that pick. Uh, at 27, we have the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. I know uh, who you're picking. I know 100% who you're picking. Pick it, but I'll tell you if I was right. But I know who you're picking. Uh, and I'll screenshot and send it to you if you don't believe me. So I'll, I got I got my list right here. But go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to go uh, defensive in here. Okay. But who? I don't think it's Bond. I don't think it's Zach Bond. I think you're going Yitor Gross Matos. I'm going to go Yitor Gross Matos. <laughs> I knew it. I knew um, it. That's the most because it's just it's, it seems like it just fits perfectly into what Seattle does. Um, I like Zach Bond more of like a I don't know, like I like Bond, but he's more of like a outside linebacker, a rush, a speed rush line, outside linebacker to me. Yeah. Um, Yitor Gross Matos. Fits the scheme that Seattle brings. Uh, he will fulfill a need due to the fact that Clowney's probably leaving Seattle. Yeah, who um, knows with him? That's an interesting situation to monitor, yeah, too. Really interesting. I think he's going to Tennessee, but that's just my business. But, um, I like that pick, especially with departure of Jarrell Casey. That's yeah. actually who I had at 29. I had Utah Gross Matos to Tennessee because of that and uh, the loss of Cameron Wake and Jarrell Casey. So, I guess I'll skip 29, but yeah, that was my thing. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, number 28, we have the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. So am I allowed to pick someone that's already been taken, or do I have to kind of adjust on the fly? Oh, you have to adjust on the fly. This is a mock. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Okay. I should have been looking at this. Um, okay, because I have AJ Epinesa at 28. Ooh. Okay. Which I don't know if he'll fall that far, but with the way I structure my draft, I think he kind of will. I had Grant Delpit going 27, by the way, to Seattle. Oh, really? I did. Okay. I did. Um, I think that would be a really nice uh, fit there. 
alongside Quandre Diggs, who came in and he was really nice. It's a really good value for a fifth round pick. Honestly, they got a lot out of him for a fifth rounder. Um, but I guess, man, I know why I, I don't think. I guess I'd go Ross Blacklock here. Okay. I think he's sorn up a lot of people's boards. I think he's one of the better D tackles here. Um, and with the loss of Michael Pierce going to Minnesota, I think they need that big guy in the middle. I think they need that that, that defensive tackle to kind of anchor uh, anchor the middle. Obviously, you're not going to find anyone remotely close to the size of Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce was a unit. But um, that's, that's probably your next best bet is probably getting a defensive tackle to help that out. I was going to go secondary possibly um, if I wasn't going to go with Epinesa. Um, because their secondary is very good. Um, but I think it's definitely going to, it's going to take a hit because Earl Thomas isn't getting any younger. Let's be real. He's only on a three-year deal. I believe, um, Marcus Peters had a really awkwardly good season, but I don't, I don't see that considering the fact that he's been very inconsistent. I don't think I'd see that continuing i just don't um so i was gonna go secondary but yeah if if epines is there or i think they go with him but if he's not um you gotta go d tackle and i would say uh black lock well this is interesting because i have no idea what i have tennessee going with at 29 at all um see i would have them going edge but i think they're getting clowny so i don't think yeah they're necessarily forced to take an edge um, but I think they're going to go defensive line. I do think though. I, I think I think they'll go defensive line, depending on what happens with Clowney. Um, but with my thought process and with me thinking that they're going to sign Clowney, uh, I'm going to have them go on defensive line as well and go into Vale Gallimore. Um, I really like Gallimore. I actually have him above uh, Ross Blacklock. Um. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, Oklahoma is Oklahoma and TCU is TCU. Even though TCU is – they have a lot of talent coming into this draft, though. I, I can't I can't even lie. I mean, they have they have Gladney, they have Blacklock, and they have Rager, and they're all first-round projections. So, I mean, I can't can't argue that. But uh, I think Neville Gallimore will, de- will definitely come in, and, and him alongside Jeffrey Simmons, that's another – really young defensive line tandem that can be really scary from years to come. So uh, give me Gallimore. Uh Next up, your favorite team on the planet, the Green Bay Packers at number 30. Man, I sure do love this team. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to wrap this up and make it short and sweet so I don't have to say anything good about this team. Um, the simple fact of the matter is they need receivers. They need to get Rodgers help. They have for years now. Um they got to go Jalen Rager here. Yep. They, they got to go Jalen Rager. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, um, honestly, because I know they signed Devin, Devin Funches, but, like, what, what what's Devin Funches going to do? Um, <laughs> That's so. ridiculous, by the way. I don't I – don't, they got rid of uh, Geronimo Allison just to pick up a, 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 a much more washed version of Geronimo Allison. Like, I, I, I don't get it. I yeah, it's, it's not making too much sense for me. But, yeah, I got Rager going to 30. I like it. I think that that, that fits perfectly. It was him and off for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, here at thirty-one, we have San Francisco 49ers. How often do you see a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender have two first-round picks? That's crazy. Not often, not often. But uh, 
Let's see, man. Um, You're going Jeff Gladney, aren't you? Oh no, Gladney's already off the board to uh, to the Vikings. Ah, uh, I forgot about that. I don't think they go corner here. Yeah, they I don't could. think you could go Trayvon Diggs, but like, mm, nah, I don't know. That's you could a go bit a of a ways. stretch. Linebacker, maybe. I don't know. Maybe linebacker, but they have a lot of them. They do. I, I think they're going to go inside offensive line. I think Cesar Ruiz is a plug-and-play guy they need. They just released whoever their guard was. Mike Person. Yeah, they just released him. I think Cesar Ruiz would come right in and 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 be a perfect uh, plug-and-play guy for San Francisco and – what they like to bring to the table with the run game. I, I like Cesar Ruiz a lot. I think he could go a lot earlier than what most people think. Uh, a lot of people have him mocked in the second round. I can see him going even at the earliest mid-first round, depending I, on – I hope he falls to 43. Hell, keep yeah. dropping. The Bears I, need him. <laughs> like, I, I, can see, I can see a team like the Cowboys taking him at 17, to be fairly honest with you, now Especially that – Especially with tra- the Travis Frederick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see it, but – yeah, um, give me Cesar Ruiz at 31. I don't know if I'll be slandered for that pick or not, but we'll see. I like it. Um, I like that pick. Um, number 32, the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. All right. So with the final pick of the first round to wrap this um, quarantine mock draft up, I've got the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, selecting Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. Wow. Um. I think that's the thing. They're not they're not missing anything on offense, but I mean, they're not gonna be hurt by this pick, let's say. It's a very high upside pick because Damian Williams, who knows if Damian Williams will actually, you know, blossom into anything remotely relevant or consistent in the NFL for years to come. Personally, I don't see it. Who knows? You got an older LaShawn McCoy who's just there for whatever, I guess. The one year deal. He's a free agent, you know. Yeah. That's great. Do you need a guy like Jonathan Taylor to come in and you need a number one workhorse because Patrick Mahomes, I mean, as good as he is, they're going to start figuring him out. He's only been in the league for two years. Wait till he's been in there for a little bit and he's going to start having to rely on the run game a little more, which obviously it was good this year, but that's not a given every year. That's no doubt. Uh, I know they have a really good offensive line, but Mitchell Schwartz isn't getting any younger. You know, they're not going to get any younger there. That's the fact of the matter. They need to address that running back situation now. And I think Jonathan Taylor, you could put a guy like Dobbins there as well, but I just think Jonathan Taylor makes too much sense here. I think he got overshadowed a lot because the big 10 was, really focused on Ohio State and J.K. Yeah. Dobbins and you know, yada yada and all this. That's great. It always is. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was a really, really good player and a Heisman candidate for a while there. So I think Jonathan Taylor could slot in right there and become a immediate impact player at 32 for Kansas City. I like that pick. Uh, my own preference, my own being, being an Ohio State fan, I would have said Dobbins, but – I like Jonathan Taylor. I do think he's the better running back prospect. Um, but I, I really like Dobbins. It's no, not a slight on Dobbins at all, but uh, yeah. I think I think he's solidified as running back three. Um, yeah, that'll do it for the quarantine mock. We'll probably do another one right before the NFL draft. I, it's, it's a, supposedly, it's supposed to still go on. 
uh, for the date that it's supposed to. There's no, uh, there's reason, no reason to. There's yeah, none. You DMs, can just call in the picks. Who cares? GMs were fighting to, to you know, switch things around. But what more time do you need? Like, I, I know Howie Roseman is probably one of the guys too that was fighting. It's just like you're just gonna make the wrong pick anyways. But I don't want to <laughs> slander. I don't want to slander my GM before the draft. I, I have nothing but faith in him. This is, la- this is the last. This is the last draft. Listen, this is the very last NFL draft that I'm going to have faith in Howie Roseman. Uh, there's been nothing but excuses for him. Yeah. They say, oh, it was Joe Douglas's draft last year, the year before, yada yada yada. Howie's last find a scapegoat. He knows yeah. he's making these picks. Howie's last draft was 2016. Of course, you're going to say that because we drafted Carson Wicks. We got a a good uh, a guard and Isaac Isaac Samalo. Guys like that, so of course you guys are going to say that. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, this is my last draft. Believe in Howie Roseman. If he does not do good in this draft, get him out of here. I'm tired of it. I'm glad that you brought here Miles Sanders in. Good pick in the second round, but JJ Arstega Whiteside isn't looking like the best thing of slice pie, considering the fact. Man, did Miko Hartman go before or after? I, I know before, DK, before, DK before. definitely went when DK uh, went 43. I think uh, our second white side went 40 something. No, 40 I, something? I think I think DK went after uh, he went after JJ. Uh, Let me didn't see. Didn't DK go 43? No, I don't JJ, know. JJ, Ortega, I'm, I'm pretty sure DK went 43. JJ went 48. JJ. Fifty one? Uh, fifty one? I think he went fifty one. For some reason I think he went fifty one. JJ went fifty seven. Okay, he went fifty seven. DK went forty three, I'm pretty sure. DK uh DK went sixty four. What? Who went forty three? Same. Insane. Who went, went forty three that I'm thinking of? I know there was someone who went forty three that I'm just like, who was it? Let me just look up the twenty nineteen NFL draft in, in in particular. There was the receiver that went like really high that shouldn't win. Forty three was. Oh, that was a linebacker from uh, Detroit. Detroit uh, took a linebacker, wide receiver. Debo Samuel went thirty six. Whoa, uh, that was pretty. Whoa, really? Whoa, I, I think it was worth it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a- not a bad a- pick, it's just you don't think that AJ Brown uh went 51. Uh, let's see, Miko Harmon went 56. Oh, that's wow. what happened. We were gonna take supposedly, we were gonna take Miko Harmon. Kansas City traded, jumped ahead of Philadelphia at 56, got Miko Harmon. So, mm. for some reason, we thought, hey. Let's fuck speed. Let's go with this big 6'2 guy that has no chance of getting any separation. But he's a good red zone guy. And we don't even and then Don't even throw to him at the red zone. Yeah, he drops the fucking touch game winning touchdown against Detroit. Stuff like that. You know, this sounds, oh, yeah. looks, like, looks like a great pick so far. It looks great, you know. Uh after that, yeah, Andy Isabella. Oh, look, he was productive. Uh DK Metcalf, he was productive. Paris Campbell. He was injured, but probably still had more production than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Jalen Hurd was hurt. Oh, look who went in the third round. Terry McLaurin. Crazy, right? 
Amazing. Yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Keep going. Hakeem Butler went in the fourth round. Uh, I'm trying to see if it's another receiver that can make me mad. Uh, <laughs> Riley Ridley. No, he's not going to make me mad. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's a good pick. I guess there's nobody else I can sit here and make me mad. Whatever. But still... I, I don't know how we missed out on DK, but whatever, whatever. I, I like DK. I like McLaurin. I like Paris Campbell. J.J. Ortega Whiteside honestly was never on my radar, but that's just me. I, I don't like Pac-12 wide receivers that much, to be fairly honest with you. But, hey, I like Brandon IU coming out of Arizona State this year, though. I, I really like him. Yeah. If, if, we don't, if we don't take a wide receiver in the first round, I want us to take IU in the second round, 100%. I think he's like, oh man, I don't want to say this, but he's like, uh, uh, uh he's like Nelson Aguilar, but like good, a good mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar. I, I don't know. I think his, I think the tape that Nelson Aguilar had at out of USC is similar to Brandon Ayuk. I don't think it's going to be the similar. Oh man, I forgot how to catch the football when I entered the league, sort of thing though. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, I, I really like Brandon Ayuk. But. I don't want to sit here and talk about the last year's draft. This is a new draft. How he's going to have an amazing draft. He's going to ace on every pick. We're going to draft two or three wide receivers. Probably draft a corner in the second or third round, and we'll be able, we'll be on our way. And we'll draft a safety, a mid round safety that's going to be like a gym that nobody thinks of. A guy like Terrell Burgess or something like that. I can see it. The future is is. is we're a little less than a month away. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, let me shut up. That'll wrap up the quarantine mock. Like I said, we'll probably do another draft right before uh, the actual NFL draft starts. Uh, Definitely. This is just what our mindset is for each team uh, at this very moment with free agency. Well, the first big wave of free agency being in the books. Uh We'll try to get more content out to you guys as much as we can. Uh, it's been sorry tough lately, that. but yeah. yeah, it's been tough. But no sports, yeah. quarantine, work. Yeah, has gone. Yeah. I was gone for medical reasons. Just a lot of stuff going on. But we'll. Yeah. Crazy we'll thing. It. All of a sudden, my girl has a positive pregnancy test. So I'm yes, about to be congratulations positive. on that, by the way. Appreciate it. Really do, yes, sir. Really yes, do sir. appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it. And uh, we'll see you whenever we see you. I'm not going to say next week. We'll see you whenever we see you. We will see you soon. We will see you soon. I can assure you that. But uh, hopefully as a full crew next time, whatever Dan is dealing with or whether he's asleep, I'm not sure. But we just cannot seem to get a hold of him for some reason. So whatever it is. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. It was fun. I love doing mock drafts. It's always fun. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, y'all have a great night. Take it easy, Rick. And uh, we'll be back with y'all soon. All righty. Peace. All right. Yes, sir.